this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Now, last week we did more than one show. We put out a show on Tuesday. And then we put out a 4th of July show on the 4th of July. And then we did a roundtable discussion hosted by Sasquatch Chronicles. And I was also joined by the Paranormal Portal guys on that episode that we released on Saturday night. So last week, you had three episodes put out on The Confessionals for your listening pleasure. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to it all, go back and listen to it after this episode because this week we have joe coming on and joe shares a lot of paranormal experiences he's had throughout his life there's not one particular story that we could even focus on for this show because it was just so varied but i think you guys are going to enjoy it let's get to it right now We exist in the security and comfort of our worlds. Paved paths, lights, and manicured lawns give us peace of mind. That our world has been tamed, and we are its master. But other worlds exist on the edge of our sight. On the edge of our awareness, the shadows move and come alive. The wilds fill with the unblinking eyes of the nightmares our ancestors warned us about. Many have stumbled into these forgotten realms, some on purpose, but most completely by surprise. I'm Brent Thomas. Join us on the Paranormal Portal podcast, released three times weekly, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and join our journey into the amazing realm of paranormal phenomena, discussing ghosts, UFOs, Sasquatch, and cryptids, and so much more. 
enter the paranormal portal, if you dare. Joe, how you doing, man? Oh, just fine. How are you? I'm doing good, man. So you got a lot of different stuff that you want to share with us. I mean, uh, ranging from UFOs to hauntings to orbs, uh, and they all kind of happen, not all of them, but they, it seems like they happened at different locations, different, they're not all, you know, combined together for one giant story. They're actually different things that you've experienced throughout your life. And uh, I'm pretty excited to get going here on the very first thing I told you I wanted to talk to you about. So your friend found a house that was abandoned uh, in a field. And you guys decided to investigate it, and uh, it turns out it was haunted. So just walk us into this story of how this whole thing developed. Okay, so my buddy told us that there was a haunted house behind this house. And we was like, okay, how's it haunted? And he would tell us about these orbs in the windows that would just be floating around. And this is out in the middle of nowhere. There's no lights around. And there was n- nothing that he could figure out why it was moving. So we was all like, all right, let's go check it out and see what's going on. So we walk out. This is like maybe a quarter mile behind his house. And th- this house was situated in a little valley or a little depression. And there was a hilltop that was all around it and i mean there you could see one or two lights but nothing that made any sense so we was all standing there looking and sure enough there was little orb lights floating around in the windows so we was like all right so we told our one buddy to go up and just kind of break a window because multiple windows was broken in it and as soon as he broke the window all the lights disappeared i mean there was just there was nothing going on in the windows so we was like well that's that's odd so we stood around there for maybe an hour to half hour more just watching it and finally the lights came back and was floating around in the windows again so these lights that you saw in the windows, do you think that they were actually aware of you guys? I mean, do you think that's why they, they went away initially and then when they came back, they felt more comfortable? I mean, what was your impression of that? I wasn't real sure about it. I mean, it was the first night we was there and we was all, you know, 15 to 16 years old. And just kids, so we was just trying to figure out what what could be causing these lights to move about in this window. And it just seemed like when he broke that window, everything was gone because we didn't see the lights anymore. And then they come back and it's like, well, that's, that's kind of strange because we could see, I mean, we'd moved around in two or three different places to see, you know, like, can we see the lights here? Can we see the lights here? And, you know, just moved it around to see if it was just a trick on how some light was coming in through the windows. But when they disappeared, you couldn't see them anywhere. 
And then they, we turned around and they were, were back. I was like, okay, that's, that's a little bit strange. Yeah. I mean, what time of year was this? Um, you have to forgive me because this all happened between probably the years 2000 and 2013 ish, somewhere in there. So I'm, I believe it was right around fall because they had cut the hay and it was getting cooler. Okay. So, I mean, we're not talking about, uh, you can probably cross off the list of, you know, some things that it could be, uh, meaning some people might say, oh, well, it's probably fireflies. Well, in the fall, fireflies aren't out flying around as long as I can remember. I, I might be wrong. No, it, it wasn't fireflies because, you know, fireflies is just a little dot, but these were actual four-inch four orbs oh, wow. floating around in the window. I mean, they were substantial. So these things, four inches, I mean, is that the average or was that like the largest, you think? That was the average. I mean, they there was a total of three or four windows on that side of the house. And they were all, I mean, there was multiples. I mean, there was five to ten of them in each window. Dang. I mean, it, it wouldn't be like a flash of a firefly. It was multiple orbs in each window. And then when he broke that window, they were all gone for a half hour. Or better. So they were consistently lit up in the windows, and there's bunches of them in the windows. Uh, before I get to some questions, uh, some other questions here, uh, you guys stood around for a half hour, just what walking around the house, checking things out, or did you guys kind of just hang out there in the front doing other things? We we was just kind of sitting there watching, kind of like, what the hell happened to all those lights? I mean, there was, you know eight to ten lights in each window on multiple floors. Solid lights. They weren't flashing. They was just solid lights floating around in the windows. So it was like, I don't know what happened to that. So, I mean, these lights that you saw, I mean, what colors were they? Were they all the same color? No, they were red and blue and green and white. I don't know what everybody else saw because, you know, being young like that is like, did you see those lights? Yeah, I seen those lights. Did you see them? So, but what I saw was a multiple colors of multiple lights floating around and they were solid. They wasn't on and off. It was just a solid floating orb and they would float around in the windows. Okay. And with these lights, I mean, how bright were they? Were they projecting light or were they illuminating themselves almost like a glow stick? It was dimmer than a glow stick. It was something you noticed, but it wasn't, you had to be looking to notice it. That's really interesting because, uh, I've heard people talk about the orbs and things like that. I don't ever recall remembering hearing people talk about, them being uh, dim enough that you had to be looking to notice it. Uh, I know that, and I don't think it was, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was an orb. I know when I was in uh, the woods the one time in, in Ohio, 
we had saw that light and I talked talked about it on the show before uh but that light was so bright I mean it, it when it when it lit up in the woods I mean it wasn't close to us I mean it was probably a good I don't know 100 yards away from us up in the canopy but when that thing lit up I mean it, it was bright it wasn't like lighting things up around it but it was bright enough that you saw it you know from a distance and you there was no mistaking yeah. it it stood out so what you're saying is what you saw uh if you were just walking by and not paying attention you easily could have missed it oh if you wasn't paying attention you wouldn't have seen it it was uh, forgive me this has been you know uh this has been almost 18 years ago so no it's fine man but it it was a a light that you could distinguish, but it wasn't bright enough. It wasn't like a flashlight or anything like that. It was more like, uh, more like how the light reflects on, uh, a raindrop. But if it was moisture settling, it would, it would have been stationary and not moving, floating around through the house and four inches at least four inches around and it wouldn't have disappeared when he broke one window yeah that's i mean that's the thing i mean with these things disappearing when there was a disturbance on the house really kind of tells me that they were self-aware or maybe not self-aware i don't know maybe they were but they were at least aware of you to the extent that when you guys decided to disturb the house, they were aware of that disturbance. At least they responded to it. Now, when you guys see this house and everything, did you go in? Did you go in at all and investigate it? Yes. We, we went in to, we sent three of us in and four or five of us stayed outside to, you know, look and see the lights and then sent three or four in to, see if they could see anything but you know being kids that like my buddy's dad threw a rock at the house and it smacked the side of the house (laughs) and everybody run out scared it was hilarious at the time but you know been trying to be scientific about ghost hunting enough and stuff it wasn't so i think it's funny that there was a, a parent there helping you guys do this <laughs> i was thinking oh, it was yeah. just a bunch it, of kids and it, the parents he, are there he too. Was a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he throwed that rock and everybody come running out of that house scared us to be except one it was hilarious we all laughed at that <laughs> that's so interesting now when you guys went in the house were you able to see orbs inside the house or was it kind of like they were they went away when you went in I never seen anything inside the house, but my buddy that found the house has said, told us that he had seen a, a room is like a, I don't know if it was a room or just dead space, you know, like he couldn't use it for anything because it was in a stairwell and it was just boarded up. But he had said he had seen that area glow up bright orange. But I never seen that, and I try not to to tell things that I haven't seen. You know, I can't verify it. So, right, right. But, but he'd said he'd seen the room glow up bright, but we never seen any. I mean, we found some creepy stuff in in the basement, like old medicine bottles and stuff like that. 
but I don't know if they was animal medicine or human medicine. So, well, I mean, what other stuff did you find in the house? I mean, if you're finding medicine bottles, I'm assuming there's, you know, it's just not empty rooms. Was it just like old furniture and stuff? I mean, what what kind of time period are we talking about here? It was one room or one wall of it was tore out. So that's how we got in the house was we, there was like a uh, pallet or something. I don't remember exactly what laying up on one corner of the house. It was like four foot to a open wall and we'd go in through the side of the house, but there was old newspapers and the rest of the house wasn't much. It was just walls. It had been cleaned out. Yeah, I that the medicine bottles is interesting. Uh were they like modern, you know, like plastic bottles or they or are you talking about like old glass medicine bottles? They were old glass and they had to quote my buddy's dad chunky style penicillin left in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it sounds funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was whatever was in the bottle had solidified and was solid. Okay. And it, it was old, old stuff. I don't, I mean, I, I'd lived there. I grew up there and, you know, nobody had lived. There wasn't even a road to this place. It was in the middle of nowhere. So it had to be at least, 20 years old by the time we got there. Yeah, I mean, if it's no roads leading to it, I imagine it's probably older than 20 years old. That reminds me of the uh, Pine Barrens. Uh, the Pine Barrens have houses inside these woods that there are no roads leading up to them. The only difference is there's actually people living in them. Like, people choose to go into the Pine Barrens and live off the grid, and they have there's no roads leading up to these houses. They're just plopped in the middle of the Pine Barrens, which if you know about the Pine Barrens in New- in South Jersey, it, it probably the most dense forest we have in, in this country. I mean, it is uh, when you're driving by the Pine Barrens, you can't see a foot into the woods because it's just so thick. And I'm not talking about bushes. I'm talking about trees. That's how thick the, the trees are. It's just it's I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just very thick, dense forest. Um, so this house that you guys found, uh, did you ever go back to it after your initial time going there? We tried to plan a trip. It was like, Hey, let's walk back out through there. And it, it just never happened because it was always summer. It was like, I don't want to go through there and get all those ticks on us. So yeah, we never really went back, but I mean, I know what I've seen there. I mean, I, I seen lights leave when he broke the window. I seen lights float around. I don't know what it was, but they left for a period of time, and we was watching it. I mean, it, and forty five minutes later, when we was leaving, we turned around. The lights are back. I find that room very curious. The room that you uh, said lit up orange, or your friend said lit up orange. I find it very interesting. Like, I, I wish there was. I don't know more details to it. Like, did he did he go in that room or anything? Nobody went in the room. I'm assuming. I don't remember. I was on the outside part. I'm a bigger guy, and I I didn't want to climb on the ladder 
and be in there without everybody because if something was going to happen, I wanted somebody to see it. I wish I still had the tape because we had the video camera, but I don't remember seeing anything on the video camera of that night we went in. All right, so you guys took a video camera there with you, but you, you couldn't see the lights on the video camera. Do you think that's because of uh, the... No, we couldn't see the light because I, I remember I zoomed in on it, and as I said, they they were dim. I mean, it. I'm sitting here in my truck right now just because I've got the baby sleeping and the wife sleeping, and I've got the light shining on. There's some raindrops on my window. And I mean, you know how it's just a little speck of light on the raindrop shining back at you, right? It it was like that, but I mean, it's just a dim reflection of light. But it was, you know, at least four inches around and floating. I mean, you could sit there and watch them float around. So it wasn't moisture building up on the window because that would have been a solid light. But these were dim enough. I zoomed in on them with the camera. I mean, it wasn't the greatest camera in the world, but still, yeah, we zoomed in on them and couldn't see them through the camera. Yeah. So you could see them with the naked eye. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it makes you always wonder, like, is that a paranormal thing or is that a quality of camera thing? I mean, that's a very big, you know, topic to talk about when it comes to, like, ghost hunting and and bigfoot hunting and things like that when when people say they filmed the bigfoot and they you can't see anything on the camera or they took a picture of something and it's just you know it's like one of those things where it's like is it a paranormal th- event happening where they avoid cameras or they do something to the camera or is it just something wrong with the camera but judging by the time frame when you were younger I imagine you didn't have the iPhone 10 to take a video camera <laughs> video with it so it's no <laughs> it, it might have been the quality no, we of had video a- we had a old, well, I guess it wasn't old, but it was a, uh, it took the videos on like a uh, cassette tape. It wasn't the big video camera, but it was on the little, uh, thing that eight millimeter or something. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, uh, that's what I figured. I mean, so you're talking about quality. That's probably not going to pick up the, the finest details, uh, which is, you know, it is what it is. It's the time frame uh, where you took these videos. So I, I find the whole story interesting, man. And the fact that you guys found this out, in the, you know, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by finding uh, things that are, you know, almost like treasure hunting, you know? And so when people say they found a house out in the middle of the woods that's been abandoned, that kind of stuff intrigues me. When I was a kid, we used to go playing in the woods all the time. And I remember we went, we would always go to this one spot and then we wouldn't really go any further. And I, I, I can't remember why. I think it might have been, there wasn't a whole lot of paths or something like that. But I do remember the one time we did keep going down deeper into the woods and we found like a shack or something like that. And kind of like how you described, it was in a, in a field, but it wasn't like... um it wasn't like a big field. It's just like a clearing in the middle of the woods where it was more grass growing up and weeds and stuff. And there's like this shack and I don't think we ever went over to it, but uh, I, I don't, as far as I remember, it really wasn't a house as much of a, of a shack looking thing. I don't think anybody lived in it. It looked like a shed or something. I don't know, but I, I just vaguely remember that when I was a kid and stuff and it just popped in my head now, uh, talking to you. But, uh, why don't you talk to us about the haunted house that you actually lived in? I mean, you found this haunted house, but you actually lived in a haunted house with, ex- with experiences that you had in there. So, you know, what happened there? 
Well, it was kind of a crazy story. Uh, this was around 2012. Yeah, I do believe. Uh, me and the wife had just got married, and there was a couple that we went to church with that had a house, and they was like, yeah, we'll rent it to you. They wasn't planning on renting it to anybody. They was getting older at the time. And uh, they rented it to her like a month before we got married. So then we moved into there. And the way this house was laid out is you walked in the front door and there was a stairwell in front of you that went up to the upstairs. Then there was a room to the right which we used as a dining room and a room to the left which we used as a living room which had the TV and furniture and then off to the right of the uh, living room was the bathroom and then straight back was the kitchen and a room to the right of the kitchen was the uh, bedroom. And it just had an eerie feeling about it. And uh, I had some, there was two bedrooms upstairs. You walked up the stairwell into the uh, first bedroom, which we didn't use. And then I had my reloading stuff set up in the back bedroom upstairs, which was smaller. And it just, I had stuff up there that my hunting stuff and everything like that. But it started, you just, sometimes you'd get an eerie feeling. And one day I was upstairs in the back bedroom, and the house was maybe 30 to 40 feet off the main road there. So if any vehicle went by, you heard it. And I was up there, home alone, by myself. And I did not hear anything. And I'd seen trucks, buses, and all kinds of vehicles go by up there. But something crossed and blocked out all the light coming into the room from the outside. And it was situated downhill to where in the evening, when the sun was going down, it shined on the front of the house and lit up the front bedroom and the back bedroom. But something had crossed in front of the window or shadow person, whatever. I don't know. It just, you did, I didn't hear any vehicle go by, but something blocked out all the light. And that got me kind of scared. Not scared, but just thinking was what was that? No, so, you can admit it. You were scared. It's all right. You can admit it. <laughs> you can admit it in front of thousands of people. It's okay. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, it scared me because I've seen and heard trucks go by there. I know what they sounded like, and that was just a quiet shadow that walked out the window or walked out the light, like it walked across the door. So you're saying that. This whatever walked in front by it, it was actually inside the house. I think it was, to the best of my knowledge, something because 
the way the dog acted, the dog would sit there and just watch something walk back and forth. And it just, it spooked me. But I was upstairs that day and that was the last day I was up there by myself in the house. Gotcha. I mean, it must have spooked you real bad then. Well, yeah, because I didn't know what I was dealing with at the time. Was it demonic or was it just a spirit? I don't know, but something, when trucks would go by, they wouldn't block out all the light. And whatever went by that day blocked out all the light. So that was the last day I was upstairs by myself, and we lived there another year and a half or so. Yeah, I mean, those kind of situations and stuff have got to be unnerving for people to go through. Uh, I don't think I've ever, that I can remember, had an experience like that where I actually had a, a shadow figure inside my home, uh, let alone having an animal, being able to see it, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really got to be unnerving. I mean, obviously, I've had my own share of experiences and stuff, but to actually see that shadow figure, um, yeah, it's definitely got to be unnerving. Everybody says they'll do something, but until it happens, you don't know what you will do. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even, you know, people who are, you know, very, you know, faith you know they're faith-based people you know say they're christian and and they're like well i would you know claim the the name of jesus christ and i would you know rebuke it uh it's easy to say that in the moment that you're sitting and you know just philosophizing about (laughs) the situation but when you're actually in that situation i can imagine even that that pure good motive that you would have uh maybe just leaves your mind you don't even think about because you're so scared all you can think about is you know getting out of there you know oh yeah it's easy to say until it happens and it's like uh i can't get away from this (laughs) unless i leave so it made me kind of leery and notice other things going on in the house yeah and i mean like how far were you away from this i mean because i'm thinking what i'm thinking is you saw something pretty uh, substantial that made you get that scared because you know now that I'm thinking about it, I I, I personally have seen uh, I call it a shadow only because it was a reflect it was a reflection in uh, the pictures of my hallway in my apartment where we used to live. We had pictures going down the hallway, and I'd be sitting in the chair and I would see a reflection of something. It seemed like it was walking from my bedroom to the bathroom or vice versa. And it happened a lot of times when Lindsay wasn't even home and she would have been the only one doing that. But for me, it was, I don't know, maybe I was just lazy. I didn't want to get up, but I, I just got used to it. And I was just like, whatever. I don't, I don't know what that is. I've, I've looked down the hallway. I've gone down there. I don't ever see anything. I just kind of got used to it. It was just like, whatever, you know? But for you, yeah. it seems like you got a better look than just a reflection in a, a picture glass, you know? Well, the rooms in the upstairs part of the house was maybe 10 by 15. They weren't real wide, but they were they were kind of longer. But I'm going to guess they was maybe 15 foot wide. I mean, this has been a decent time ago for where they were. I, I, I lied to you, but we, did, we got married in 2008, so... You might want to edit that out. The wife might get mad because uh, <laughs> we got it married in 2012. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, um, the rooms, they was about 
10 by 15 and the house set maybe 30 foot from the road down the hill. So I was in the back of the back room and had heard vehicles go through all evening. And then just something quietly blocked out all the light. And I was like, what was that? So I don't know if it, it was like it went from the upstairs down or out into the stairwell. So I kind of finished up what I was doing and went downstairs and just kind of hung out. But it, the way the dog just sit there and looked back and forth like it was watching something just kind of added to the creepy factor of it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, this isn't the only thing that happened in this house, too. I mean, uh, you had mentioned in the email that you sent me about a bed shaking. What happened there? Yeah, the bed shaking, that was kind of the fourth thing to happen, but it happened multiple times. But we, I was, we had, uh, we had two dogs at the time. We had a uh, miniature poodle that just sat around and I mean, it, this is a smart dog. We would play with them with the laser pointer and stuff. And she would just look at the laser pointer and be like, yeah, I see you moving it. The other dog, he'd chase the little red dot all around. And it was, it was funny and stuff and everything. So, but the bed shaking, I was laying there in bed one night and the wife was asleep and the dogs was in bed. And, I just kind of was laying there and realized the bed was shaking. I mean, it wasn't violently shaking, but you know how when you, uh, when somebody's shaking their leg on a, uh, on something and, and you can feel it shaking. I mean, it's a slight shake, but it's not super violent, but you can tell they're, they're doing that. Sure. But, the bed was just sitting there vibrating like somebody was just bouncing their knee up and down. And, uh, I kind of looked around I seen the dog was laying still and the, my wife was laying still and I was looking around and I didn't see anything else that could be. And I just kind of scooted over a little bit and it quit that night. And that happened another night that I can remember. And, the wife said it happened a couple times when she was there living by herself that the bed would shake like that. So, but I, I mean, I'd crawled up under the house and cause I, I was looking, I was like, cause I was big into watching ghost hunters and, uh, uh, what's the other one there on with, uh, Zach Baggins and all that ghost adventures. Ghost Adventures, those those shows and Paranormal State and all the other ones, they was big at the time. And I was like, I'm going to debunk this. And I was looking around. And I'd crawled up under the house two or three times, and I, I never seen anything under the house that would cause just the bed to shake because you'd look over at the clock, and it wasn't, that table wasn't shaking. So, I, I don't know what it was, but I know when I scooted over, it quit. Yeah, I mean, 
maybe it might be something natural that you can explain, but uh, it could be something different too. I mean, we've had it on the show several times, people having experiences with beds and sofas and stuff, especially like people feeling like something sat down next to them, uh, the movement of a bed, you know, things like that. I mean, you you just, you never really can tell. I know you said that you, you heard voices or something like that in the house. Uh, tell us about that. Oh yeah. Uh, one evening I was sitting there in the chair watching TV and I hollered at my wife. I needed to tell her something, and I could hear her having a conversation in the house. And I was like, well, she's in there on her phone. So I sat there and listened to her for five minutes, you know. It just sounded like she was off in the other room talking on the phone. So finally I got up, and I walked all around the house. I walked, you know, I mean, it wasn't but five rooms downstairs. There was the main four rooms and then the bathroom on the side. I checked all those. She wasn't there. And I walked upstairs. I said, well, she'd be upstairs, you know, because we didn't go up there very often. I walked upstairs. She wasn't up there. I walked down. I checked all the rooms again. And finally, I looked. She was across the road at the neighbors up there with them. I was like, well, who was talking in there? Jeez. So that kind of freaked me out a little bit yeah i'd say so but um, i mean it i could hear somebody talking but it was i couldn't hear what they were saying i mean you know what i'm trying to say it was a i could hear somebody just it sounded like they was talking on the phone and i thought she's in there on the phone with her mom or somebody but she had been over to neighbors for 30 to 40 minutes. And I was like, well, that, that's a little bit strange right there. Absolutely. So, I mean, when you hear these voices uh, speaking, uh, I'm assuming it was one voice, and that's why you thought she was talking to somebody on the phone. Uh, but did the voice sound like hers, or is it just that situation where she would be the only one other one in the house talking so you just assumed that it was her talking she would have been the only other person in the house at the time but it was a female voice so i mean it it sounded female and kind of like her but i wasn't i only expected her to be in the house so I don't know if it sounded exactly like her, but it was a female voice. And I thought, well, she's just in there on the phone because you could hear. I mean, it sounded like somebody talking but on the other end of the house. So it was, I couldn't verify it was her, but there was somebody talking throughout the house. Okay. And when you when you hear this voice and everything uh do you think that if you were able to make out what they were saying that it would be english uh was the dictation of whatever they were talking or saying uh have the rhythm and the sounding of something that would be english or could you just not tell you've been in an office where you just hear somebody talking on the phone and you know well, I assumed it was English, but 
I can't verify anything about it other than I heard somebody and I just thought, well, she's in there on the phone. I mean, it, it was just a, it was just a female voice mumbling, but, you know, it was like, well, she's in there on the phone talking. So is what I heard, but I couldn't tell you exactly what they said or, But it, I'm stumbling over words here. No, it, no, it's fine, man. <laughs> it, you, you heard voices. I mean, it, it's just definitely unnerving. Uh, I again, that's something I've never experienced in my entire life, uh, and I don't think I ever want to hear voices in my house when nobody else is there. Uh, but so this house that you were living in, that you had these experiences and stuff. I mean, how old was this house that we're talking about? Um. It was an older house. It was the guy we was renting on, renting off of. He had bought it when he got back from uh, World War Two. He was in D Day, and that was one of the houses he had bought when he had come back. So it was pre forties when it was built. All right. So I mean, we're talking about a house that had history at least i mean pre-40s we're talking about you know it went through the great depression uh you know it went through world war ii at least you know so you know who knows the history behind the house before you got to it but certainly there's plenty of people that went in and out of there uh but yeah man i I think it's interesting and you said you only lived there for a couple years right yes did you move because of what was going on or did you move because of, you know, life circumstances? Um, life circumstances. It, it come up a better, better place to rent. We, we moved back into uh, the house I grew up in, but before we had left, her grandmother had passed away and I think she visited, visited us that night that she had passed away because we had a, uh, I don't know what they're called. You, you know those oval chairs? It's got the big cushion, and it's just like a big circle. Yeah. We had one of those in the bedroom, and uh, her grandmother had MS and was bound to a chair for ever since I knew her. But. We was sitting there. We was laying there in bed one night, and it was the night her grandmother died. And I looked over, and the the room was darkened. I mean, we had you know electronics and other little lights on that where you could see to walk. But in that chair, there was a big black shape that just fit her grandmother to a T. I said. I told her, I said, look over there. I said, that's that's your nanny coming to visit us, tell you goodbye. I said, I think she's, because, I mean, we knew she was going to pass, but I said, I think she's coming to tell you goodbye before she does go. And uh, we never seen it any other night, but that night there was a big black shape in that chair. All right, so it's a big black shape. And the reason why you think it was her grandmother's because the fact that her grandmother died that night. Did this happen before she died or after she died? I think it was after. 
because they called us the next morning and told us she had passed. But just just the shape in the chair, it looked exactly like she she was sitting there. See, that's interesting. Uh, now, because that particular story in in itself, I don't think has anything to do with the haunted house that you were actually living in, unless. Oh, I I don't either. But I, I mean, it was just something weird that happened in yeah, that house. Absolutely. Before we moved. But I I do wonder because with doing all this stuff, it gets you wondering, you know, what are the different aspects that we're dealing with here? I mean, none of us really have answers, right? I say it all the time, but, you know, we really don't know what's going on. But because your house had so much different things happening inside of it, and then that happens, which is like a totally separate issue, house aside, but it did happen in a house that was particularly haunted. Uh, It makes me wonder... Is there certain geographical locations that are more prone to having paranormal type activity go on at them for not, you know, history sake of, you know, somebody died in the house or there's a lot of bad things that happened in the house, but literal geographical locations. Uh, I, I hesitate to use the word, but I'll use it anyways. Uh, portal. Uh, people will say that there are portals, you know, that entities come through and you know the native americans talk about different portals that are that they know of like it's the navajo uh talk about this not publicly but if you if you uh i've heard different interviews where uh they talk about being aware of portals and things coming through we had uh john edmonds on the show i don't know probably a year ago and he talked about how he had portals on his property on stardust ranch and entities would come through that's a geographical situation where whatever's going on there geographically it's a home for a portal Uh, and I, i always wonder like is that you know, I'm not saying that's what you you dealt with at the house, but I always wonder, like sometimes with haunted houses, is it the house or maybe sometimes a geographical location that attracts paranormal activity? Does that make sense? Um, that's a good question. No, Joe, you're supposed to give me I mean, answers. <laughs> well, I could give you answers, but I don't think you'd want that. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we're this is free talk, man. Free talk. We can t- say anything we want. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, I wonder about that. I mean, obviously it's who knows. And it's just one of those questions that you have sometimes is, is, is it have anything to do with something like that over an actual haunting of a house or whatever, you know, like clearly houses are haunted. Clearly objects can be haunted, but sometimes I wonder, is there like some kind of like, you know, force field or paranormal type, uh, portal that attracts paranormal type activity. It's just, you know, a thought, I guess. So, I, I really don't know what was going on there, but I mean, when I mean, I, I don't like to get all biblical and stuff, but when Jesus returned, rose from the grave, and he told the disciples, I'm not a ghost. Well, if Jesus said he's not a ghost, then apparently that means there's ghosts. So, I'm thinking maybe. She might have come by to tell us goodbye, but I don't know. And the rest of it, I do not know. It, I just know it scared me because he was laying there in bed and was like, was well, somebody watching me? 
that that yeah. was the creepy part to me because you couldn't you would never know if somebody was sitting there watching you you know that that, that was the freaky part to me oh yeah absolutely i mean no, when you're at home, you want to be private. You're in the privacy of your own home. Uh, you, you don't want to ever feel like there's somebody watching you in your home. That's just, that's a no go zone, man. No go zone. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what. Let's let's make a a a, tr- a smooth yet not so smooth transition. I want to get to uh, some of these experiences you had while you're hunting and fishing. So. Uh, before you get into the lights, because I know that I, it seems like you seeing uh, orange lights and also uh, green eye type lights happen on two separate occasions. But I would like for you to go into, first off, the UFO that you saw while you were hunting. Okay, the UFO, that that's a quick story. I can go over it. Um, we was catfishing sitting there on the riverbank one night or on the lake bank and I've always been interested in astronomy and I would while you're sitting there waiting for a bite which we never caught very much (laughs) for some reason I was sitting there and I I seen this red light in the sky and I said what's that because it's solid red light and I thought well that's not a planet because Mars is kind of orange, but this was solid red like a airplane light. And I thought, well, it's not flashing. I watched this light. I mean, it it was way up in the sky. I mean, I mean, you, you see planes, and you can you can tell how high they are by the size of the light. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. But this. This thing was kind of like a tiny red light. It was almost planet size, but I watched it travel across the sky maybe like four to five foot from when I initially seen it. I mean, this thing just eased across the sky real slow. And I'm like, what is that? Because it wasn't flashing, it was just solid red. And I'm sitting there watching it for five minutes or so, just ease across the sky. And about that time, it just went back. Well, I'm not saying backwards, but like a 160 degree angle back and out of there in like a second flat. Just almost like it eased across the sky and then turned into a shooting star. I don't know what it was, but I've never seen anything move like that. So, I mean, it's not like you got like a great look at what it was. It's more of a, just a, a light that you saw in the sky that did, you know, things that planes don't do. Yeah. When I use the term UFO, it's an unidentified flying object. I mean, I ain't right. saying it's little gray men or anything like that, but this, I watched this light ease across the sky i mean there wasn't i mean i'm in between two two mountains pretty much where i'm watching it and there's not that much sky to watch but i watched this thing come across that out from behind that first mountain and then move out halfway across the distance over a couple minutes and then it just 
things usually keep traveling in the same direction, but this thing turned almost 180 degrees and a hundred times faster within a second and was out of there. Yeah. I mean, definitely unidentified is definitely the right definition for it. Uh, what are your thoughts on government type crafts that we just don't know about doing such things? You give credence to that kind of idea? It could have been, but the solid red light kind of, kind of tricked me because I mean, if the government's doing something that high and and can turn that fast, I mean, it just, it didn't stop. It just kind of went. To turn on a dime, that that's not an aircraft that normal people have access to. I mean, right. it, it, it didn't turn. It just kind of, it was traveling i mean it, it took it four three or four minutes to travel that far across the sky and then it just shot out of there like as fast as faster than any shooting star that i've seen because it was just gone so you had that experience but talk to us about the uh, before we move on this is totally not paranormal but you were talking about catfishing right Yes. Have you ever gone noodling? No, I haven't. I'm not that brave or dumb, whichever one you want to categorize it as. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. I, I I think the idea of noodling is so cool, but I wouldn't have the guts to do something like that. No way. There's guys that lose arms and hands noodling for catfish. Yeah, the, the snapping turtles, I've seen them bite broom handles in half, and I don't want to stick my hand anywhere near them. <laughs> Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I was just, that that thought popped in my head, and I was like, "Let me ask him to see if he's ever done that." So let's move on to the uh, other two. Well, they're separate inst- instances. So why don't you talk to us first about the uh, orange light that you had seen in the woods? Okay, okay. Well, me and my buddy was coon hunting one night, and where I grew up, there's the uh, the man house. It's a haunted house that has been on. Uh, uh, what was that show back in the day? Uh, like Unsolved Mysteries or one of those. It had been on there that they said it was haunted. And we was right up in the woods behind it. And where this was is an island of, there's a, it's like a peninsula of woods. I mean, it, it's a mountain or a hill, depending on what you call it. But there's there's a road on three sides. It just depends how far you got to walk to get to it. You know, it, it country road. It winds around. But we'd got lost in the woods that night. We just lost our direction, and we was walking, trying to find out where we was and get out of the woods and get back to the truck. And uh, we come up on this ridge top, and there's nothing on top of this ridge. I mean, I can show you Google Earth images. There, there's nothing on top of it to this day. It's just all farmland that 
nobody's doing anything with. It's just solid wood. And we was walking through the woods, and my buddy said, hey, what's that up there? I'm like, well, I guess it's a a uh, dust to dawn light. He said, no, it ain't. There's nothing up here. And I got the thing, and I said, yeah. And then I got the thing, and we was looking uphill. And this thing was in the woods, and it was about the same color orange as a dust of dawn light, but it would glow up real bright and then go down real dim. And we could see it was right in the middle of the woods. I mean, we walked left and right trying to see if, trying to figure out what it was. And then, like, well, I don't know what that was. And we'd lost our dogs. We, we didn't know exactly where we was. So we kind of hightailed it out of the woods that night and had to walk about five, five and a half miles back around once we found the road but it would it would glow up about as big as a basketball as bright as could be and then it would get down really really dim and we'd sit there and watch it do that for like five minutes trying to figure out what it could be i mean if it was a if it was a dusted on light or something it it would have stayed the same brightness and not lit up and went dim so, I don't know what it was, but it was in the middle of the woods with no electricity around. So, Yeah, and, you know, I've heard that so many times where people say, and I've heard a lot, the orange light in the woods pulsating where it actually seems like it's getting bigger. And often people describe it as, you know, the size of a basketball when it's at its, you know, biggest point. And so, that's something that isn't, you know, it's unique in the sense that not everybody in the world sees it. But for those who do see it, it's a very common thing as far as characteristics go and stuff. Have you ever heard anybody else share a story like that? We've asked every coon hunter and every other hunter we've known what we've seen that night. And if we'd have had a gun with us, we'd have walked up and seen what it was. But we was unarmed that night and kind of tired of walking. So we just kind of ran the other way. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I, I probably would have done the same thing. I, mean, I <laughs> it, it was just odd because growing up in that area, I'd heard stories of a farmer on the other side of the road had a cow get or a calf get. It looked like it was ritually murdered. So I don't know what it was or what it could have been because it was in the middle of the woods on a little flat glowing up bright as could be and I'm sitting there thinking well I've, I've grown up around farms and I don't know anything that makes a light like that and I know there's no houses up here on either side I mean you can drive right by where we was and there's houses on the bottom of the hill but there's nothing up the hill. It's all just woods and farmland. So tell me about these green eyes that you saw. Are you sure they're eyes, or do you just assume that they're eyes? I'm assuming that they're eyes. 
I do remember this one because I was hunting on my buddy's property and we, we was both hunting there and we, we had plans to film each other hunting, but that never worked out due to work schedules and stuff. But I, it was, uh, to get to it, you had to pull in by his uncle's house and drive up on the hill, which was about a hundred or 75 to a hundred foot change in elevation. I'm just guessing right now, but there was a gate you could pull through into the woods and I'd pull my truck in on the other side of the gate, shut the gate and then walk out this road that was kind of level for 75 to a hundred yards. And that's where our tree stands was. And I'd get there an hour to an hour and a half before daylight so everything would settle down. Well, I got out there and climbed up in my tree stand and got my bow up. And I'm just sitting there in the middle. Um, it was a new moon. It was pitch black. And I'm sitting there in the dark in the tree. And I look out and... I'm assuming, I don't know exactly how far it was, but I believe it was about 50 to 60 yards from me. I see two sets of pale green eyes glowing. And I think, well, maybe that's a raccoon or something, and that's the moon glowing off its eyes. I'll look around and I don't see any moonlight, so... And I realized it's a new moon. So I'm watching these eyes. And they're going through the trees. And they're not blacking out like they're going behind a tree. They're just four green dots. Two of them moving simultaneously with with each other. And I'm like, what is that? I'm thinking, well, I'm not that far from the truck. Let me see if I can hit my key fob and cause the lights to light to light up and see if I can tell what that is because I was kind of getting a little creeped out. But that didn't work. But I could see they would go up and down the tree and there would never be anything in front of them to block them out or anything. It was just, I don't know what exactly it was, but it, it was just kind of creepy that night or that morning. I, I was sitting there waiting for the sun to come up because that was a little spooky. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that you've seen out in the woods and stuff or outside are spooky. I mean, uh, does it ever have any effect on you as far as going back out there for hunting and things like that? Do you ever think about this and you're like, ah, you know what? I don't feel like doing it today now. No, I'll go out. I mean, it it was spooky, but it didn't eat me or take my birthday, so I'll go back out. I mean, I I haven't run into anything that'll hurt me, so it was just an odd occurrence, I guess, best way to put it, because I don't know what it was somebody could 
comment and say, well, that was this. And I'd be like, well, show me examples of it, and I'll tell you if that's what it was. But from what I've seen, I have never seen anything like it ever except that time. And it was between me and my truck, and it it went up and down the trees and left and right and never blacked out any. So I, I don't know what it was, but it was just kind of eerie seeing four green, green eyes looking at you off through the woods. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. No doubt. That definitely is a, a turnoff for many people. It would be a turnoff for me. Especially that it was being, looking at it, it had to be at least 25 foot in the air. Really? Because I was looking straight out through the woods. I mean, it wasn't down on the ground where I'm like, yeah, that's just something down on the ground. It it was at least 25 foot in the air out through the woods. Kind of at the same height I was looking at me. And I mean, when I walked in, I'd take, I'd have my flashlight and I, I'd seen deer bedded down there in one area, but they would bed down right near there. And that's why I'd try to get in there an hour to two hours early. So everything would calm back down. Well, with all these experiences you have had, you know, one thing is for sure, I'm pretty sure you believe in uh, the paranormal realm and things like that, uh, or else you probably wouldn't even be listening to the show. So with that said, what are your thoughts on basically most of the stuff that you've experienced now? I mean, do you think that, you know, these things that you have seen or heard or felt, do you think that they're all... Uh, more or less the same kind of thing, which I think your answer is probably going to be no. Uh, what 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 do you make of this stuff? I mean, do you have any conclusions at all? Um, my theory is there's stuff out there we don't understand. I mean, there's as many stories as there is. Not everybody's making it up. And if 99% of people is making it up, if 1%, if even one is true, then there's stuff out there that we don't understand. I mean, that's that's my thoughts on it. I mean, somebody's... Not everybody can be lying about the same thing. No, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you, man. I mean, that's pretty much how I fall on it, too. I mean, I, I've never... Like, I've said it before. I've never seen a Bigfoot, but I believe they exist. Why? Because I, myself, personally, have talked to far too many people that say they have seen them for everybody to be lying to me. Everybody making up their own individual stories that are different than anybody else's with their own individual details. And you know how when you listen to somebody tell their story and they have stories that are detailed in the sense that it's like either you spent a lot of time making this up and figuring out details or this was legit. You know, you actually experienced this. And so for me, it's like, there's too many people out there claiming to have experienced this stuff for it not to be real. Uh, you, I think you tuned in for the uh, the live, you know, interview with that where I interviewed Tony Rodriguez, who was abducted by aliens, and he recounts his story of what he went through over a 20 year period, and 
when you ask him questions, he gives you details on those specific instances that, that lead into other parts of his story. And so it's like when you have somebody come forward and share such detailed story, it's you either come to one of two conclusions. Either this really happened to this person or they spent a lot of time creating a story with subplot stories that they can throw in there to answer your questions. Like it's an intricate story. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like there's too many people out there that experience this stuff for it not to be real. That's how I feel too. From the stories I told you, there's no way to make any money off those little stories that I've told you. Right. But I was there and I witnessed them. I mean, that that's my story. And I mean, why would anybody make up something like that? I mean, why would, why would anybody make up a story about seeing a house in the middle of nowhere that had orbs floating in the window? Absolutely. Because I mean, you know, as a person that lives in the real world, people who experience this stuff more often than not are subject to ridicule over anything else. You know, why, like who willingly puts himself in this situation where they're going to be mocked, made fun of, and people are going to say, you're crazy if it didn't actually happen, you know? So. Exactly. I got made fun of so much when I tell them the stories at work when I lived in the haunted house. <laughs> I feel like, well, you ain't going to believe what happened to me the other night. <laughs> exactly, man. So I, I totally agree with you. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing these stories, Joe. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks. You're welcome. I appreciate the podcast. It's giving me something to listen to. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please go ahead and share this show with your friends. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, Snapchat, Pinterest. I don't care. TikTok. I don't know how to use TikTok, but apparently it's the rave of all the kids today. So any way you can share the show, I would greatly appreciate it if you enjoyed this episode. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye. Listen to me I'm the one they'll be talking about Don't need the keys, I'm busting out I'm on fire, no stopping now Well, 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 look at me now Look at me now Like chess. 
I'm the one they'll be writing about For centuries they're gonna wonder how The whole world's gonna find out Mm-mm-mm, look at me now Nothing yet. Now you ain't seen nothing yet.